So what is going on guys? Welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. This is Kieran Headley and I'm with Brian DeCosta. DeCosta? DeCosta. DeCosta. Oh, I'm still learning all these, all these ways <laughs> to speak names. Okay, so honestly I've been a big fan of Brian for almost a year now actually um, and I've been following sort of his story and it's just been actually incredible just even over the last year the way he's developed um, and even just in the last year, but also I've been noticing all the stories that you sort of put out. I love like the mini snippets of your life that you sort of attach to your post. And I love that because you don't see enough of that. Mm. And that's what I love is like, it's just that sort of vulnerability, that sort of um, way to expose yourself to the world in such a vulnerable way. And you just don't see enough of that, but it's so cool because people can relate to that. And I think people are almost able to learn from your experiences. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that you do that, yeah. So I sort of want to just jump straight into um, like young Brian, I suppose, like little Brian. Okay. Um, Because right now, what, you're 25, 26? 27. 27, oh wow, okay, cool, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, By the way, um, if you see him in uh, real life, He's actually, um, you know how some people you see and they're smaller in real life? I think he's actually bigger, so just... Uh, <laughs> you just earned the best friend, uh, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, but no, nah, it's actually true. You're freaking massive. Um, <laughs> I can't do that. Um, so I just want to talk about little Brian. Like, I mean, like where you came from, how you grew up, um, I guess what kind of person you were growing up, I guess. Sure thing. Yeah. Sure thing. Um, so I was born in uh, Dallas, Texas, mm. and then moved around on the East Coast a good bit. Parents to Linda and Ed DaCosta, just a normal normal family upbringing, honestly, middle class, not doing super great, not doing super, just kind of middle of the road. My dad was a mechanical engineer turned entrepreneur coach, and my mother's been a speech pathologist her whole life, mm-hmm. and uh, middle child, have an older brother, have a younger sister, awesome. and... Uh, Grew up playing sports, grew up um, just, just I don't know, just living like almost like a normal life and then kind of hit some some rough patches there going through middle school, high school, mm-hmm. primarily driven by, actually my older brother ha- ran into a lot of struggles and God bless David, he's the most amazing kid in the world, but I got to learn uh, about, you know, substance abuse and mm. fighting and kind of taking the wrong path and and I will say my brother's on an amazing path right now, but awesome. was kind of subjected to some growth opportunities, let's say, earlier in life where I was able to take a step back and really reassess my purpose, what I wanted to do, what path I wanted to take. Um, hung out with a lot of the wrong crowd in middle right. school and high school too, doing things I probably shouldn't have done. And, um, and fitness actually was my first savior, and we can obviously get into that, but uh, grew up in the Northeast primarily, so outside of Boston, and then I moved to West Virginia, okay. which is a very beautiful, mm. obese, and drug-abusing state, <laughs> I right. will say. And there's the most amazing people that live in West Virginia, yeah. but it's also um, also, sh- also showed me a lot of... Um, where there's growth opportunities in our country, in the United States, uh, when it comes to healthy uh, practices with, with your nutrition, with your training, with your relationship with others. So um, I went to high school in West Virginia and then ended up kind of moving to Washington, D.C., the capital of the states, to start my career in accounting. So right. that's the that's the rundown up until – that's yeah, the super that. spark yeah, yeah. notes. No, I like that. Nice and short and sweet. So um, where – I mean like – where did this sort of passion in fitness come from? Because you were sort of sort of starting to dive into that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like, where did that sort of come from? And was that in middle school or was it during like being, um, I guess, being around that sort of substance abuse or where did it come from? It was 
so I'd always been an athlete growing up. I was right. a soccer player. Mm-hmm. I was a runner. I was a I was a skinny kid, right. and I was athletic. But it I was must, always I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> super skinny, yeah, yeah. super skinny kid, mm-hmm. 149 pounds, I believe, wow. graduating high school. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, see, we took kgs. That's like I think uh, wait, that's like 60, 60, 65 kgs. I think. I that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, about yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So not the biggest guy, but but fitness and expressing myself physically was always an outlet. Always an outlet for me. And I didn't find the gym specifically until my senior year of high school. Right. Which what do they, what do they call that in down under? Where are they, or New oh, Zealand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, New, New Zealand, Zealand, Australia. Very same thing. Honestly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, people will kill me for saying that, but <laughs> um, like, what do you mean high school? Yeah, what do they call yeah. high school? Oh, just high school, bro. So oh, it's called high school. Literally middle school, high school, then university. We don't have college. So you guys call it college, right? Yeah. 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 So I know some people call it secondary school, but either oh, way, yeah. Yeah. So my last year I discovered the gym and it was kind of by accident. I had a class to fill my senior year of high school right. and I saw an elective called fitness and conditioning. Right. And I was like, okay, fitness and conditioning. That sounds cool. I can run. Like, let's do it. Yeah. It ended up being an elective that was created basically for the football players and basketball players to stay in shape in the off season. So it was filled with a bunch of big fucking dudes and guys who could really push weight in the gym. And, and the class was literally just in the gym at high school the whole time. So I went in like not knowing how to train, not really knowing what I got myself into, but I was athletic. So I had a bit of confidence there. I was like, let's attack this. Let's see what I can create. And that was really the dawn of, um, expressing myself like with weight training. And I would just get a little, um, like promises like here and there, like compliments from some of the football players, basketball players, like, dude, like, uh, you know, you can, you can put on muscle pretty quickly. You've been changing a good bit in the last two months. And that like, you know, kind of skyrocketed my confidence. And then as a young 17 year old, like you kind of attach to that. Absolutely. So I, I kind of use that as like my rock to, to stick to, like, I was like, man, I'm good at this. This is new. This is exciting. And I don't even know if I knew it at the time, but it was just like this subconscious, like, I identify with this. I'm good at it. It's bringing me joy in some form or fashion. I'm sticking to it. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So it was almost as well as the confidence booster as well that you were sort of receiving from it. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah awesome. Sure yeah. thing. Cool. Um, so um, along with confidence, actually, have there been any fluctuations in confidence? I'm sure there have been like over this sort of period of like in your fitness journey. Um, so fitness itself, I suppose, being deep in the industry, there can be, it can be quite overwhelming. So mm-hmm. has there sort of been a stage where confidence was really shattered? at all yeah gone through yet yeah a hundred percent i feel um you know we can get and now and when i dive into something i go a hundred percent that's the way that's the way i've always been awesome uh, like, like if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do 100 yeah. percent or not at all and i would get frustrated throughout the beginning of the journey the first three to four years of the lack of progress okay um with my physique with gaining muscle and this yeah. is specifically in fitness and that would in and i feel as a younger individual, you can attach your identity and your confidence to externals, to activities. And I, I definitely, I definitely did that. I was like, if I don't look good, if I'm not like big enough, lean enough, like that's going to affect my self-worth. That's going to affect sort of like this perception of perfection. Was it in a way? Oh yeah. 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 Just always striving for something that wasn't achievable. A hundred percent. And I was like, this was early in social media. So Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, 27 now back then that's 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. 2009. Um, Social media was still a thing. Like, I don't think Instagram was necessarily out yet, but I would see physiques. Uh, YouTube fitness was like starting up. I would take a lot of antidotes and like knowledge from YouTube fitness. Yeah. And who'd you follow like back then? 
Scott that? Herman was oh, my yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, yeah. Scott Herman was my freaking dude. Awesome. And uh, it's crazy because I was with him like earlier last year creating a, a dope workout program for his website and stayed with him. And I'm just like waking up in the morning in his place. I'm like, this guy like changed my fucking life That's and he amazing. doesn't even understand it. And I've expressed that to him a few times and he's been like, I think he's got it, but not like truly got it. But either way, like I would look at his physique cause he's, I believe he's like seven, eight years older than me. Okay. And I'd be frustrated as to why I didn't look the way that he did. Right. So that would affect confidence, bit of comparison syndrome, hundred percent, sure. man. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. And so there wasn't actually a particular moment though, where you felt like confidence got shattered and you sort of had to rebuild yourself. Or it, was it sort of just constant fluctuations up and down, up and down, just constant mini battles? Yeah, I'd say mini battles. Okay. Confidence, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do after school too. Okay. So I was in university getting a couple of degrees yeah. and acting like I knew what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but didn't <laughs> know yeah. what I wanted to do. And that was really, that kind of shook me to our, my core. Like we need to identify with something and have plans. Yeah. And the fact that I did have a concrete plan that I was excited with, I was also attached to that and I was kind of like waxing and waning and I would be almost envious and just jealous of people that were like, yep, I'm pre-med, yep, I know what I'm doing, I'm doing this and I'm sitting there like, what are you doing? Yeah, give me some ideas. Yeah, (laughs) so like I was performing but like it was like running fast in many different directions. Right, I see. Yeah, Yeah. sort of all over the place. So how did you find accounting originally? So it's kind of funny, I found accounting by default. I like in my mind, like crossed off things I knew for sure just yeah. didn't excite me that I, I like didn't that. want to do. Yeah. It was like, so I looked, almost tasting really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was like, I looked at healthcare. My mom's in healthcare. I don't like blood. I don't like like surgeries. That shit is yeah. like, pff, no, yeah. no. It's like, so no to healthcare on the other side, like engineering and like this, the deep sciences, I can run with them. And like, I took the classes and stuff, but it, it was never very exciting. Right. Like I got to calculus, I passed it, did well. And then I was like, nope. Yeah. So it was like, okay, business, business yeah. was kind of like the middle of the road where like it had some promise. I can, I have some wiggle room. I can figure myself out. Yeah, and cool. then within business, you know, you have your certain degrees in marketing, um, what else? General business. There might be a, like an entrepreneurship major, which I think is kind of crazy, but then there's accounting and finance, which in my school, I went to West Virginia university was like, I guess the most respected. It's like, Oh, you understand accounting. That's a skill. You understand numbers forecasting finance. I'm like, okay, well I'm going to pick those two and just go in on those because I'm not hundred percent for sure, but I want to have the, like I, the most respect in this. Yeah. You, I see does that you, make I sense? Know, exactly. Like, yes. like you felt you needed to be respected by your external peers, like, like externally respected. Is that what you mean? Or, I would say that, but, but I also wanted the, the best tools to be able to succeed in business. Okay, I see. So it's like of like of the people who get a business degree, I think the most maybe respected, the guys who actually become CEOs, COOs, yeah. et cetera, they have accounting backgrounds, they have finance backgrounds. So I was like, that's my, cool. that's my stuff because, yeah. Cool. And then um, from there, obviously you transitioned to like more online sort of like fitness side of things, right? So how did that passion, um, I guess, transition from doing solely accounting through to what you're doing now? Mm, that's a that's a great question. Yeah, like, um, I guess, yeah, just start from where it came from, I suppose, where that spot came from. Yeah, so it, it's been really, it's been really organic and oh. slow and just honoring my path and just paying attention and being consciously aware. Yeah. Uh, and I, and God bless my father who's uh, a coach and is really big in personal development. Mm. And uh, what's up guys, if you're still on, what's going on? What's up? Hope you guys can hear us. Um, he uh, really big in personal development and, and asking probing questions like 
Like, why are you doing what you're doing? What's your why? Where's the vision? And uh, that really, that really made me abundantly clear when I first started my career that I right. wasn't doing the right thing. Okay. So I was like, I know that accounting, I've tried this. Fast forward, I was in the corporate world for four or five years, worked for a couple of different companies, mm. and I knew that I saw where I could be mm. in my 40s, in my 50s. I saw the promotion after the promotion after the promotion, yeah. and was like, man, I could be up there, and it just looks like shit. Like, All it right, doesn't, doesn't look fun. Yeah. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be working in a nine to five, to be honest. I don't want to be mm. tied down because I found subsequent to that, that I really value freedom. Right. Like that's like one of my main things that I value the most in life is freedom to be able to choose. So then it was, okay, what do I really love to do? What's been a constant theme throughout my life? And it became really clear that it was music and fitness. I've always loved music, always loved fitness. And so I started down the fitness road and this is a, you know, kind of summary. Obviously I ended up getting in a car accident that kind of made me feel as though life is limited. I, it was a really bad car accident to be honest. And that was like a wake up call in the coming months that life could end at any time. And I could just be like in the ground, not having fulfilled my purpose. People can be talking about me after I I died. I literally went to these thoughts like there and be saying like, yeah, like this was his life. And like, there would be no evident of like my passion for fitness or helping people yeah. in any way. So I just started to, I just started to share fitness content online for free without awesome. any expectation. Yeah. That was, that was a start YouTube. I started there. Cool. I was like, this is fun. Awesome. I learned from Scott. I see other people doing it. So let's, let's start YouTube. I bought the same camera that you're filming on yeah. right now. Cool. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, cool. And then, um, I guess from there it just progressed. Yeah. What, what was there? Was there anything in particular that, um, really, I guess, what, what's the deeper meaning behind you getting into fitness, I suppose? Like, was there like a particular thing that really pushed you, I suppose, to be more passionate than, I guess, you know, most people don't really um, like kind of dive into something like that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you really dived into it. Like you said, like a hundred or nothing. Yeah. And you really went all in. So apart from that being like, I guess, a personality trait where you sort of like a hundred or nothing, um, what actually pushed you, I suppose, when you sort of like, transitioned into it? That's a, that's a great yeah. question. I... So I did leave an important part out of the story and it's that I actually struggled with an eating disorder for the first I've seen you four or five years of my uh, fitness journey. And it's simply from misinformation, right. just educating myself on my own yeah. and specifically in the, the nutrition realm, obviously eating disorder, like thinking I had to eat much less than I actually could yeah. thinking I had to like, honestly, like starve myself, cut the carbohydrates, like all of these things that majority of people these days, it's crazy, still think that you need to do. Like like being lean and having abs means you've got to starve yourself and eat bland foods. Like yeah. that that was me, that's yeah. literally what I thought. Mm-hmm. So it turned into binge eating yeah. where I'd be super low calorie, I'd, my body would be demanding food and yeah. I would binge eat because yeah. I was freaking hungry. What was that time you said um, like you got high and had five pounds of candy or something? Like I saw you like on one of your posts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, so that was when I was studying abroad okay. in Italy in, yeah. in college. Totally unrelated. Not been, well, that's technically okay. binge eating, yeah, yeah. but I was just was with my good. buddies. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, fun fact, I did okay. get really high yeah. a lot of candy one time. <laughs> Dude, <done it. laughs> cool. And in California, of course I've done it. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So, so either way, like that, the deep struggle with, uh, binge eating that actually turned into bulimia. So 
feeling so guilty that I would make myself get sick. That started as a pattern wow. and I hid it from people. I felt like I was demasculated. I felt like yeah. I had to hide it from everybody. Mm. And that deep struggle, I specifically remember being in those moments, making myself get sick, thinking just the guilt, the guilt and the, in the shame surrounding what I was doing and having this thought that I don't know how, I don't know when, but I'm going to overcome this and I'm going to share this experience with how I was able to overcome this with other people because this is not natural. This is not healthy. And how that transitioned to fitness is because when I started consuming content online, as I've shared, I saw in the fitness industry just a lot of ego and a lot of like image building for yourself and, oh, look at me. And don't get me wrong. There's amazing people in fitness that give amazing information much better than me. But I saw like something that was missing that was not being shared specifically when it comes to relationship with oneself. Like I try to share a lot of personal development uh, and just how to develop yourself as a human being type content. I try to work it in because I feel that that's so important. Like to be able to go deep on, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. Hey, you're on a fitness journey, but understand that you're perfect the way you are. Understand that. So like I, I saw it just not being shared, just talking about how people in fitness specifically, some of the most idolized physiques can actually have some of the most unhealthy relationships with food, with themselves, operating from a place of lack, I'm not good enough, but we idolize these people. So Mm. it's like, I just decided to come in and share and be like, hey, I'm imperfect, 100%, but I work on myself and here's actually the right way to do it with sustainability. It's why my coaching program is called the Sustainable Transformation Blueprint. Yeah, because I believe in having this fit in your life not some 30 day fit booty detox tea, whatever it may be type deal. Yeah. Sort of you get there, sweet, get, get a, like 10 pictures and then you bounce back oh even worse than where you it's, were. It's a tragedy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how long were you in that phase of like bulimia, I suppose? Four years. Wow. Four years. Four years. And it wasn't like, it wasn't an everyday thing necessarily. Yeah. It would come and go in like waves. It would be like, it would happen for five days in a row. And then I would like get my shit together and a month would go by and then it would happen again. And so it would kind of, it wouldn't be super consistent, but it it happened as a theme for four years. And this, did this come from like a form of slow self-worth or what was it? Because I know you like during that moment you explained that you felt sort of shame and and that did obviously create a greater sense of low self-worth, but where, um, like why this occur originally? Mm. Because of course, like we we all want to be fit, we want to be healthy, but there is actually it's cr- it's crazy actually how you how many people you notice go through certain things like um, starving themselves, bulimia, you know, like all these eating disorders or binge eating that sort of thing. It's really common. It's crazy, mm-hmm. um, and it's amazing that you talk about it. But what actually started pushing you towards that originally? I'd say a, a deep attachment to externals. Yeah. Uh, specifically the way that I look, I attach to that. And I think it ties back to feeling lost with what I wanted to do with my life when I was 17, when I found fitness and then this rush of confidence come, I grab, I I picture like a flagpole in the wind and this fucking wind blowing and like fitness is this flagpole. And I grabbed onto it and I was like, this is me. I'm stable. I'm good. Like I identify with this. And, and what came with that is, is image, like image, what I look like, Mm. uh, how I appear to other people. And when you attach yourself in your self-worth to something that's external to yourself, like it's inevitable that you're not going to live up because then you compare yourself to others externals. Mm. You're like, well, I don't look like him. I don't look like her. I'm not lean enough. I don't have the abs. I don't, whatever it may be. And that, it was all the shit, all the shit. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah, and that sort of drove you into like that dangerous sort of dark place, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you explain that as sort of one of the darkest times in your life as well? Oh yeah, yeah. hands down, yeah. hands down, the darkest cool. time. Yeah, and then um, because it went on for so long, what actually helped you get out of that? Was it like an accrued like accrued knowledge over time, or was it was? It? Okay. And again, it was it was a nat- it was an organic thing of me first acknowledging. I think the first step, and there's like twelve step programs. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we're good. What's up, guys? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what I was saying is I acknowledged the fact that I knew it was wrong. Yeah. And like first like internalizing that. So then it's like, well, how can I overcome this? Because yeah. I can't struggle with this for the rest of my life. I'm going to – I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. So starting to research online, I would search eating disorders. I would read about it. Some people – there wasn't a lot of content online about it like video-wise. Right. But I would look on YouTube. Is anyone else struggling with this? Eventually, I found a book that helped me called Hope, Health, and Healing for Eating Disorders, okay. um, written by, I forget the doctor's name. I, it's weird. I actually shared it on social media yesterday. Okay. But um, I read that book, and yeah. then I actually even went to see a psychologist one time. Oh, wow. And sat down and talked with him about my eating disorder. Good like, on you. And uh, the whole time, I'm thinking, like, I can't believe I'm seeing a psychologist right now about- Pride? Was it? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay. Like, yeah. Well, I can't, like, acknowledging the fact that I'm struggling with yeah. this, but- you know, what he had me do was he wanted me to pay attention to food more and journal uh, before, during, and after every single meal and write down exactly how I felt, what I was doing. And that was like his prescription to me. Mm. And I remember walking out of there just thinking like, like, I understand this guy's a professional, but I feel like that's the opposite of what I need to do. Like right. he's having me fixate on food more yeah. and I need to fixate on food way less. focus goes, energy flows, right? That's yeah, sort of, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I'm like, that's actually the opposite of what I need to do. I need to focus on the areas of my life that are truly important, like yeah. family, like friends, like just feeling good, like career. Like I, I actually, you know, an eating disorder is actually a form of just numbing and distracting yourself. Like figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. Like it, I, it was subconscious, but I would use food to distract myself with that. So yeah. my takeaway was like, I need to focus on food less. So right. let's start down that journey. Love and that. slowly over time, I would catch myself before I would fall into that pattern. I'd recognize it. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I was able to, I wouldn't say rid myself of it. I mean, I think in some form or fashion, I'll always like... It's part of me. It's like part of my, my mind and the way I operate, but I have, I have power over it now versus when it had power over me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. And then, um, so was there a moment that clipped you out of it or was it again, a progressive thing? There was no moment. No moment. There was okay. no moment. Yeah. No. Um, if there, if there was a moment that, that really woke me up, it was when okay. my mother and I, this just came back to me yep. Well, in my bathroom upstairs in my parents' house, I was home for a Sunday dinner. My parents cooked dinner on Sundays when I was back my university is in my hometown. So my family lives in the hometown. I was, you know, I'd be on campus, college, I'd go home on Sundays. And I specifically remember she made like a pasta dinner. I've got an Italian mother. She cooked a shit ton of food, way fucking too much food, way fucking too much food. And I love Italian food. Yeah. She cooked way too much. <laughs> right. I ate a shit ton. I went upstairs. I made myself get sick. And I think the next day my mom looked in the, she was like cleaning the toilet or something of my bathroom upstairs and she noticed food in the toilet like food that hadn't flushed fully or something. And she, and my mom's so in tune. She's so like, like empath level that I feel like she knew somehow. And she literally like called me and basically asked me if I was making myself get sick. And I crazy how she figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I admitted it to her and she probably saw the pattern because there would be times consistently 
that I would eat and then I would disappear. Yeah. I would okay. eat and then I would disappear. I was literally making myself get sick yeah. in that time. And I'm sure she, throughout the years, like picked up on that, like, Brian disappears after a meal. What's the deal? I see. That's really cool. So that, that's, that's my guess. That sort of woke you up. Like, yeah. Just like, like, like yeah. this is my mother now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and thank you for sharing that, man. Like, of course. I really appreciate that. Of yeah. course, man. Um, so if there's anyone out there, well, I'm sure there'll be people out there cause I'm like, I do interact with quite a lot of people with, um, that have eating disorders, whether it is bulimia or whether it is, um, like it, um, particularly binge eating, is there anything in particular you'd like to sort of point out or any direction you'd like to give to people that do struggle currently? Mm-hmm. I would, I would challenge anyone who's listening, who does struggle with that or has mm-hmm. struggled Um, well, specifically those who do struggle now is what are you pretending not to know? What are you pretending not to know? What are you avoiding? Because a lot of times we use food as a distraction and a a coping mechanism for something else that is not working in life. Right. And we can identify with that and distract ourselves. So where else can you focus? And you probably had it pop into your mind already and you may not want to acknowledge it. But truly my challenge to you is to lean into those areas of life that you would like to figure out and focus on those and understand that food is for fuel. Mm. It's not for emotion. Mm. And we're here to nourish our bodies. When, when an instance comes up where we're instantly very hungry and we have to have a specific food right away, I've got to have Sour Patch Kids. I've got to have pizza. Yeah. That's not natural. That's literally your emotion. That's you trying to avoid something, trying to make yourself feel happy and mm. use, use food in an unhealthy manner. Right. Because we don't get instantly ravenously hungry. We, you know, the body, so I would challenge you to notice those patterns. Um, so finding those triggers in a way, finding, yeah. yeah, finding those triggers. Something else I did too, is I, I would just remove my trigger foods, namely cereal mm. was my trigger food from my house till this day. Where, I like, it. I don't keep cereal around just cause I just, it reminds me of that. Like, and I don't need it. It's sugary. It's quick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Cool. Oh, okay. And then, um, I forgot where I was going with that, but, um, so you'd say basically find those triggers, find those things that are sort of, um, I guess, taking you into those dark spaces mm-hmm. and remove them completely. And, and you said like find a new focus. So what, like, give me an example. What, what do you mean by like find a new focus? Find a new focus. So, so if you are struggling with eating disorder and yeah. you are, I'll use myself as an example, I guess, I you're, you're lost with the, your path in life and you, you know, maybe you don't like your job. Right. And you're very unhappy with your job. Mm. Well, focus on looking for a vocation or a new job that will please you and doing the internal work on that. Right. And ch- like I focus see. on that. Like focus so on rather than um, instant gratification, you're almost working on yourself mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Sure thing. Yeah. Cool. So rather than finding like um, external sources of gratification, hence food, um, you sort of want to take a step back, start working internally almost I work on yourself or work on things that are going to bring long-term happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Long, long-term mm-hmm. satisfaction. And there's layers, right? Yeah. There, there's a lot of layers to this and it can go back to um, how you were treated as a child, how your father right. left you, how, you know, your brother beat you up when you were younger. What, yeah. what a, a, a heartbreak in middle school. Yeah. The weirdest things can shake our self-worth to where we don't feel okay mm. internally as an adult. And we just condition over time when we're younger, we're not well-equipped to be able to deal with it. Mm. So peeling back the layers of really where the internal dissatisfaction comes from and then rewriting that pattern. So I want to actually dive into relationships because you've mentioned, you've actually come up a few times now. Um, Relationships is something I massively value. I value connection. I understand you do too. Um, I previously have valued connection because 
actually driven from low self-worth. I feel like I've almost needed uh, support, but I've also needed something that's going to make me feel whole rather than looking for a way to feel whole myself Mm -hmm. first. And is this something that you personally struggled with or what's actually driven a value in relationships? Because I know that you've spoken that you were a people pleaser and it's mm-hmm. something that you've struggled with. So Very much so. Um, why do you value relationships so much? Great, great question. I'm actually going to end the live here. If you'd like to listen to the rest of the podcast, I will go ahead and share it out when it comes out. Shit. Love you guys. Peace out. Okay. Nice. Cool. Um, all right. Back, back in it. Yeah. So... 100% identify as a people pleaser, still do, still catch myself in that pattern almost right. on a daily basis. And, uh, and the question was identify, perhaps like identifying with a relationship, like a love relationship, romantic. Oh, sorry. Like, I mean, is that the uh, question? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So romantic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and I think this comes back to just, just being, you know, wanting to be a masculine man and yeah. like date the hottest girl and like do everything hundred yeah. percent, like tying back to doing everything hundred like percent actually image okay. base. Mm-hmm. And then also just like me being younger, just making that decision. I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but like, I want to be the best at everything. Yeah. Awesome. Like, and I still get to examine that ego state, like why that is, yeah. but I want to date the hottest girl. I right. want to date the most ambitious girl, the successful girl. Yeah. Like I, I'd like all the areas of my life to be optimized. I'd like mm-hmm. to make the most money. I'd like to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, dated a really attractive girl in high school, dated mm. a really attractive girl in college, dated a really attractive girl post-college. Mm. And I, you know, they would start hot and heavy and we would be, you know, in love with each other, lust. Yeah. And I'd think with a few of those relationships, it actually was genuine love, but then it started to fall out. And I'd say I did identify the external of like knowing that the girl that I was with was also successful and pretty and I would love getting the compliments from friends and whatnot like like oh you've you, your girlfriend's beautiful or like you have everything together whatever that dude I would like and I would pass it off like yeah but I was eating that shit up yeah, in my head yeah, like, sure. yeah, yeah, feeding yeah. The ego. Yeah. yeah feeding the ego 100% man yeah cool and then um so that's sort of what drove you but what actually drove you to actually value the relationships because I know I know that sort of I guess initiated that sort of feeling of value in the relationships but mm-hmm. was there something that was missing that you sort of needed to fulfill I suppose um, was that was that driven by anything to do with self-worth at all I'd you know I'd say definitely driven to a degree yeah having to do with self-worth but also you know you know I'm a human at the same yeah. time too Absolutely. and like I, I would consider myself a very emotionally in tune and connected human yeah and you know, I have, I have great relationships with friends. I have great relationships with my family. Awesome. I don't have any enemies. And, you know, with those relationships too, like there was a deep, deep connection and a deep love. I love doing things for others. I love taking care of others. Like that's what gets me the most satisfaction right. when I can make someone else happy. So there's like showered in this ego driven human being there. There is some selflessness and humility and, yeah. and love for others. And I definitely... I definitely found that in my relationships as well. Yeah. hundred percent. Just, just that reciprocity. I think that's the most powerful human emotion is, is you do something for me. I do something for you. Like we both like humans are selfish in a way. Like we, we benefit each other in some way, yeah. but, but it doesn't have to come from a selfish place. No, right. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've, um, I've something I've learned recently cause I've actually just recently come out of a relationship when I was in Quebec, just, yeah, things weren't matching up, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, both, like both were happy, both like ended up on good terms, which is great. Beautiful human being. It's just not right, right? But what's one thing that I really learned 
in that relationship was the difference between um, a contract and commitment. Contract being like, I do something for you as long as you do something for me, rather than mm. I'm going to do as much, like, I'm going to do what I can to make you happy, vice versa, that person's going to do what they can to make me happy. Mm. Right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's very interesting to sort of see the differences in relationships, majority ruled um, being in a contract opposed to in a commitment. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So, um, I can understand that's something that sort of maybe um, you've probably noticed over time. I love that. that. Yeah. I love. Yeah. I love. Um, I love that perspective you okay. just shared. Uh, actually, commitment is something I've been doing a lot of deep internal work on in the oh, last six months. I love it. So I love that you just shared that. Okay. I think it's Thank very you. powerful. So, what's driven you into commitment? What, like what, the idea of commitment. The idea of commitment. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the most powerful thing is being your word. Right. And I haven't always been my word. Okay. I've been pretty shitty I'm being my word a lot of times. Yeah. Um, doing what you say you're going to do. Mm. And it's funny, my dad has a younger brother, my uncle, Mike, my uncle uh, Jimmy, and in his email signature, I just remember this from being younger, that he, that's a quote he has. You know how some people have quotes and email signatures? It's do what you say you're going to do. And I remember seeing that when I was younger and I was like, what, like why is that so important? And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, fuck, that's fucking everything. Yeah. Like, that's everything. Like yeah. commitment, like do what you say you're fucking going to do. Don't just say you're gonna do something when you feel like it because you wanna please someone else, right? Yeah. That's something that would drive me to make commitments. For sure. I had no intention of keeping. It's because in the moment, I value the connection with someone so much mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah, I'll make that connection for you. Yeah, I'll yeah. do that for you. And then afterwards, later in the day, I'm like, fuck, ah. like, yeah. fuck I fucking did that, oh my God. Yeah. What's the text that I can say? What's the excuse? Yeah. And then when you break I'll commitments, when you do that yeah. and you break your word, and that's actually breaking your word with yourself, nothing affects self-esteem and confidence more because you can't trust yourself. Yeah. Right. And when you can't trust yourself, you, you don't have anything. Yeah. You don't have, what can you rely on? Like what's right. consistent? What is a, what is a commitment? Yeah. You don't exactly. know. Yeah. Cause if you can't trust yourself, how can you trust others as well? And then there's, there's going to be like a big, like big break in trust and friendships, relationships, all that sort of hundred percent. Right? Yeah. I like, and that's another thing, like assuming that someone else will let you down. Right. Why is that? Yeah. It's probably your relationship with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fucking did this. Yeah. It's Bro, crazy. I love that you share that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Like you are very self-aware. Like you sort of get that presence. So it's really interesting. You can sort of meet certain people, right? Um, like nothing wrong with this, but you do get a lot of people that you meet that are very caught up in about 10 different things at once, right? Mm. But you can tell you're very here. You know what I mean? And that's very rare. And that's obviously come from your experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it, was there like, um, was it during that time when you're going through the bulimia that sort of made you try to become more self-aware? Um, or was it that time when your mother called you up or was there a time where you've, you've started thinking, okay, I need to sort of learn more about myself. Or was mm-hmm. that a relationship or it was definitely, um, so my dad being in personal development and coaching, I think right. I shared, he was a mechanical engineer turned entrepreneur. Awesome. He has, uh, created a a very successful life for himself. He's Mm -hmm. coached with some of the biggest names. He's um, been on big stages and um, he's worked with a a big author named John Maxwell, hundreds of New York Times bestsellers. Yeah, Yeah, so so either way, my dad's been a student of this stuff and I'm so grateful because my dad shared with me actually a book when I was 16 years old, I'll never forget it. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Okay. And there's, a, there's another book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, wow. written by Stephen Covey, which has sold millions and millions of copies. Stephen's son, Sean, wrote that teen book for teens specifically, teaching the same principles, but then broken down into a way where a, a horny 16-year-old kid will actually pay attention right. to it. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. And then that's when I started to first learn about... Uh, responsibility, um, 
ownership, mm. like started to learn about commitment, didn't grasp That's, it. Yeah. But so, so that started the idea that I could change my life by focusing on myself was where the self-awareness started to come that. in. And wow, I that's young as well. Like, honestly, I didn't become aware of that stuff or start meditating or anything until probably about 2021. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it sort of started to click in. But yeah, I, I'm blessed with my upbringing. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, um, that you being that in tune as well, do you feel like that had a big play in your recovery when it came to the bulimia? Yes. Yeah, cool. Yes. Yeah. All right. And I'm yeah, that's good. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, do you do anything like meditation or like, I know you practice gratitude. I've seen you do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, what do you do for a sort of self development in that sense? Great question. Yeah. I, you know, I've fallen out of this pattern. I'm going to be honest. Okay. In the last month, I haven't meditated as much as I would like to, Right. but I've still managed to carve out a day or two a week where that. I'll use an app on the phone. It's called insight timer. Oh, I haven't heard of this. Okay. Oh man. Anyone listening? Dude. dude Kieran, okay. You, you, <laughs> okay. I've got to get on. You see my reaction. I'm like, yeah. you've got to download Insi- yeah, insight timer. Okay. Yeah. It's better than like headspace. It's oh, better than I've calm. I've always used headspace. Okay. Yeah. yeah cool. Headspace is good. I yeah, use yeah. it for a while, but insight timer is basically, um, many different gurus, uh, meditation leaders, spiritual individuals right. can actually like create on the platform and share their own meditations, guided meditations. So it's a little bit less westernized because I know Headspace is a little bit more westernized, isn't it? Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. This is like, um, anyways, anyone can add their own meditation and you can find people that lead meditations that you really connect with and like Ooh. follow them wow. and they'll release like a 10 minute meditation, an hour, a two hour meditation, a quick in the car, two minute meditation. Wow. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah. And just the concept of taking a second to just pause from the freaking day, dude, we're, we're going, going, go. You knock at the door, you come in like, yeah, time to podcast. Yeah. What are you doing later? I'm doing this. Whoa, pump the brakes. Life is happening, but stay present. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's something pivotal I do. And I just believe in morning routine. Yeah. So talk me through your morning routine. I was actually going to ask that. Yeah. Great question. So why do I keep saying great question? It's like a <laughs> I'm pattern. I'm just great at questions. And I'm <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's a pattern right. either way. Yeah, yeah, we operate in yeah. patterns, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do my best to get up at the same time every day, 6am. Cool. Awesome. And roll out of bed. Before you actually move on, why? Because I believe the less decisions we get to make throughout the day, the more efficient it. we can be. Yeah. And you know, if we're waking be up a every day. You're of like, we have so many decisions a day until we wear out. Or yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and, and you know, big CEOs will wear the same clothes every day. I've heard right? that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, yeah. like they'll have their like same black shirt lined up in their closet. Why? Because decision fatigue, we can only make so many decisions during the day. So that's why it's like, cool. I get up at the same time. And my, my morning is like relatively like unconscious cause you're just waking up yeah. and it's like, I'll go into the bathroom, I'll take a cold shower. Mm-hmm. It's so shitty. It oh, sucks, yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, it wakes you up so much yeah. and then I'll turn it to hot. I like get in zone, mm-hmm. get out, brush the teeth. Then I'll read a little bit and then I'll actually use, it's actually sitting right there, the productivity planner. Oh, I love it. And cool. I'll, and I'll plan my day. Awesome. Um, just with three to five things that I want to get done during the day. Yeah. Awesome. And that's, and that's really it, man. Yeah, that's cool. really it. I'll squeeze in a quick meditation, never longer than 10 minutes. Yeah. And that entirety of practice is probably 30 minutes. That's and simple. I love that. Yeah, yeah. 30 minutes and it's it's not on the phone. It's not checking Facebook. It's not yeah. checking. So like how long do you give yourself before you can tap into social media? 30 minutes. 30, cool. yeah. 30 minutes, yeah. yeah. And then do you like cut it off before you go to sleep or? Uh, I, I'm not good at that right now. Yeah, I've, I've still been, I've still been in the, in yeah. the, because you know, when you run your own business, like you, it's on your mind all the time. So yeah. like, I didn't get back to this person or if it's text and then it's like, oh, I'll pop on Instagram real quick before I go to bed and yeah. then 30 minutes goes by. 
but yeah. but thank you for the reminder. Yeah, oh, good. I'm glad, <laughs> yeah, because I'm still new to this whole um, like self-employed thing. Because um, so me being very new to it, I sort of dived into it without even much backing, and I'm still still actually built, like at a very low stage. Hence why I'm couch surfing and things like that, but mm-hmm. making it work, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that I know what you mean. It's always on the mind. You're always thinking about it. I mean, as soon as there's sort of like if there's a problem, like especially for me, man, where I'm at sort of that beginning stage, I'm screwed. Like I really need to yeah keep pushing at it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I can imagine it's, is it, is it still the same from when you first started to where you are now in terms of the anxiety, like not anxiety, but that anxiousness that sort of builds up, I guess. Hands down. No. Okay. No. Okay. No, it's right. not, it's not there to the degree. Okay. I, you know, when I quit my job, I, like I said, I go hundred percent. I went all in. Yeah. I don't think I was really fully prepared for what that meant to work for myself. Yeah. I'd come up, you know, cause we were, we're put through the, the conveyor belt when we're younger school and then, and then job. And like, you're always reporting to someone or you're on someone else's time. You're in a structure, but then, you know, when you go out on your own, you're making a declaration that I'm responsible. I want to dictate the means of my life, my dreams. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run my life. Awesome. It's like, wow, that sounds great. You value freedom hundred yep. percent. Do you fucking understand what that comes with? Because freedom can quickly, I see you taking a deep breath. Yeah. Freedom can quickly be actually become shackles if you don't develop yourself and have discipline. Yeah. Right. It's like to learn the hard way for sure. Yeah. yeah. If you want to fill your day as an entrepreneur with nothing but Netflix, do it. Yeah. Do it. It's not going to last. Tell me where you yeah. are next month. Yeah. If you want to fill your day with fucking hustle, get up 5 a.m., grind it out, Gary V, not go to bed till midnight, mm-hmm. you can also do that. Yeah. That's up to you. It's on your own volition, right? Sure. So. I think really grasping that idea in my first six months to a year was baffling and I was very much less disciplined than I thought that I was. Me too. Yeah. Honestly, I thought I was going to be like Gary Vee style, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. But quickly that burnt me out. Mm. Yeah, mm. for sure. Okay. And then um, what keeps the passion going? Because I know that original drive, because we, I'm just going to finish up soon, but um, what... Um, I know that can, um, that initial passion came from bulimia, right? It's like, cool, I want to share like truth. I want to help people out that sort of struggle with this. Um, is there like, what is that fire for you? Mm. You know? Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm just, I'm enamored and baffled with the idea and God bless social media, which, you know, there's benefits and drawbacks yeah. of course, but we can see other people in real time on their IG stories. So the same way that yeah. we've been able to connect, right? Yeah. You've awesome. seen me exist. I see other people exist and building their dream life, doing exactly what they want to do, Mm. but on just another fucking stage with big thriving businesses, traveling around, and the idea that that is possible. Mm. The idea that you can actually do that with your life is so, for me, so fucking motivating that I don't, like, all I need to see is that someone else that is living, breathing, shitting human being Mm. is doing something like that. And impacting a lot of people that that was like, that's my decision. That's my motivation. And then when you start to lead from that place Mm. of I'm doing, I'm following my heart, my truth, what excites me, I'm I'm going all in. And then what adds on is people start to notice that you're doing that and you get messages and you get, you know, followers and, and you kind of get this, uh, of course, it's a little external. It's proof that you are helping others then that just feeds the flame. It's like, fuck, I'm aligned. I'm excited with what I'm doing and I'm getting way more praise and acknowledgement and and thankfulness and gratitude versus when I wasn't doing what I didn't want to do. Mm. I mean, there's no mystery as to why. It's like you're aligned with your divine purpose and people are acknowledging that. And then it just turns into a snowball, helping more people, more people, more people. 
And of, dude, of course, like it's not all peachy, man. Like mm. there's days you wake up, there's days I wake up where I'm fucking overwhelmed. There's days I wake up like, what's the next thing? Yeah. Like that'll, that'll always be there, For right? Sure. That'll always be there. But, but those occurrences, I guess, are fewer and, and far between, I would guess. And yeah. it's also with those struggles, it's an understanding that, hey, I'm still doing what I was put on this earth to do. Yeah. And I'm still, it's not like I'm still working for myself. Like yeah. I'll deal with this struggle. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so sort of coming back to reality and being like, okay, now I've got this. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And um, I actually lost where I was going with that. Um, I completely lost that. Actually, I'm going to keep this on there. Um, okay, so with the... Um, yeah, so actually I want to backtrack quickly. So this is where I wanted to go, sorry. So I know you mentioned masculinity a couple of times. Um, and also we've also gone over vulnerability as well. Mm-hmm. But to you, what is the definition of masculinity? Masculinity yeah. is It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Mm. I'd say you wanna know what? We already highlighted it actually. I think masculinity is being your word. I love that. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Being your word. Awesome. I love that. So what you say is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And do you think that vulnerability is important as a whole? Do you think um, everyone should be pushing it on social media, or do you think there's like a do you think that's something that should be really showcased? It 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 has to. Yeah. It has to because everyone's human. Yeah. Um, everyone experiences highs and lows and self doubt. Yeah. And uh, and and cries and maybe you haven't let yourself cry, but every human yeah. wants to cry. Like, sure. Anyone who exists, especially with like a personal brand or a business online where they're sharing consistently and every day they're killing it, they're grinding, there's hustle, there's no down parts. I, I, what I see there is bullshit and I see a bro, I actually see a broken human who's actually not in tune. Right. I think, I, I think that's the only way Mm. it's the only way and and, and humans like as we become more connected, we're, we're, our bullshit detectors are so good now. Yeah. It's like, absolutely. It's like, oh dude, you're killing it every day okay, like what's really going on? Why? Like that's a front that's like, and I can't really articulate it right now, but you know, like sometimes it's okay to open up and be like, fuck, like guys, I've been stressed. I've had a long day. Yeah. This is going on, whatever it may be. Absolutely. And, and the fact that someone who is successful can do that. And someone on the other side, who's not as successful where they want to be can see that that's a breath of fresh air yeah such a breath of fresh air it's like breath of fresh air for me when i see that stuff you know what i mean yeah me too me too when i when i see you know someone who's big yeah dude i'm with you yeah Mm -hmm. awesome yeah and i love that because i think it is so important because there really are so many people out there that are just constantly consumed by highlights along their feed and especially when we check instagram so many times a day like i think there was a stat saying that we like obviously you know a lot of stats made up but um there's a stat saying that we um check out our we look at our phone don't worry about that um we look at our phone 500 times a day and it makes something like I, I can believe that, you know what I mean? But the amount of highlights that we see on our phone is ridiculous, you know what I mean? So, well, I mean, we want to we want to project, you know, our highest self, obviously, but at the same time, um, it's very easy to fall into that trap of not actually showcasing those lowlights and forgetting that, um, especially if you're, you know, on Instagram constantly and, like, posting all the time, it's almost like consuming in a way to the point where we forget to showcase those low lights and forget to be real, forget to be vulnerable. And then people's feeds are consumed by these highlights and it's almost, um, it's almost dictating how they're going to feel about themselves, I suppose, in a way, because we're so consumed by the social media presence. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. I agree. And I, and it's, I think it's no mystery as to why 
when vulnerability and authenticity mm-hmm. and these like hot button terms that we've heard has become much more popular thankfully yeah. in the last year yeah, when we see that show up on social media more often yeah. it's actually becoming praised yeah. way more now yeah I agree it's yeah. becoming praised because it's, it's different because not many people are doing it yet like I mean it's more praised yeah but it's like there's still a lot more highlight than there as well yeah. obviously yeah. Like, like please tell me how you're actually feeling as a human being instead of showing me your Lamborghini like, yeah please yeah <laughs> I love that yeah, and that's like that's what really truly helps people, you know, and that's coming from a genuine place as well. And like you said, we're built in bullshit detectors, like you know what I mean, because we're constantly being sold to. Um, but as soon as you're real about things and you genuinely want to help people and change your life, like how you want to help, really help people with like eating disorders and whatnot, um, that you feel that, you know, mm-hmm. like that resonates with us, and hence why people like you've got so many people that truly support you, and you really do, um, like like me included, <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah, I really do. Like I love what you're doing, and it, and it inspires me as a human being not just as someone that's on social media so thank you yeah, thank so you keep doing that so I want to wrap it up man um, like I've got one last question it's just really blunt it's quite a big question okay. alright but what heals you me. what heals yeah. me what heals me mm. um, you can think on that I'm going to start this back up sure thing mm. wow yeah I have a lot going on in my mind right now, like yeah. trying to, I've cut, right. see, it doesn't have to be one thing, but yeah, yeah. see, this is, this is interesting though. Like I'm ob- observing myself and yeah. like, I've had a thought come up, like awesome. what's the good answer to share, but why is yeah, it, true. Like, you know, like yeah. why is it that yeah. what heals me is, is you want to know what it's honestly when I see progress, awesome. because when I see progress in something that I, I care about yeah. that that is positive reinforcement that I'm actually living my divine purpose and I'm in alignment with the universe, woo woo, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Oh, but, yeah. but when I see something working, right. like for example, I'll, like a quick one, and this is actually kind of stupid, but it's in line with what we've been talking about. Uh, my, my Instagram, for example, I've been, um, you know, I've have almost a thousand posts on there. I've posted almost every single day for the last two years. Awesome. Um, six months of last year, my following was the exact same. Yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't increase, didn't go down. And that was really that I'm not gonna lie. It was very tough for me because I've wanted, it's not that I'm not grateful, but I want to reach more people. I want this message to reach more. And when I know my audience isn't building, it means I'm not touching as many more minds and hearts as what I would like to. I switched things up with my content. I've started to lead with just straight value and I've been posting a lot of more workouts lately. So I I pulled a switch with my content. Um, And in the last, in the last 30 days, I've gained almost 50,000 followers. I noticed that you were like, I would remember the last time I looked, it was like 80 something thousand. I was like yeah. 120 something thousand. Yeah, I'm, I'm gaining about 3,000 a day. Easy. Yeah. Just for, like from switching it to those workouts. Just videos. switching I the content. But, yeah. but what I did there, like, so that's, that's massive progress. That's yeah. amazing. But 100%. it's like, I switched something up and I'm leading with the exact type of value I'd like to provide. Yeah. And my means of, of connecting with others it wasn't in line before. I was just posting photos of myself. Hey, look at me. Yeah. Here's a caption that matters that yeah. I think is important, but it just wasn't connecting with people. Right. So how can I switch it up to build this, uh, build this vision, help more people? And the fact that I've been seeing that now, like that's where this divine purpose comes from. It's like yeah. I know there's forward moving progress. That that's what I love me. that. Cool. So it's that constant progression and progression. Is there like what keeps that going for you? Because obviously you, you, progression, yes, um, sometimes it's going to move fast, but sometimes it's going to move very slowly. Sometimes not at all. Mm. So how how do you um, how do you find that in a sustainable way? I suppose 
That's a great question. I think it's a give and take between letting life happen to you, but then also roughly knowing what you want. Yeah. There's two different parties. There's some like fully lead with intuition, see where life leads you. There's the other side where like declare what you want, like throw a goal out there in the future and just like, a, like heads down focus. That's the goal that you want, that amount of revenue, that house, whatever it may be. Don't stop till you get there. Awesome. I think it, I think we kind of, kind of meet in the middle like anything. It's a little bit of both. It's like sure, like let life bring you along its natural path. Yeah. There will be moments of massive progression. There'll be even months, maybe even years of little progression. Yeah. Let that happen, but also know what you want and like what you want the outcome to be because, because life will test you. God, whatever it may be, will test you to see that's what I choose to believe. Yeah. Oh, same. Is that, is what you're working towards what you really want? Yeah. Test your commitment, test your patience. Yeah. So, so I, I really do believe in that. And like, Laying a goal out there, but then letting life happen. I love that. And almost, um, I feel like as people as well, our biggest sense of growth actually comes from those slow progressions as well in a way. Because those are the oh, times yeah. we learn the most, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. And then, and then in those moments of low progression, yeah. it's like, you feel like almost like a tiger, like hiding below the grass, waiting to pounce on some that. prey. And you're like, you're just waiting for something to hit, for something to work because when it does happen, you're gonna know that you're ready. Yeah, definitely. But it's choosing to feel that because there's a, it's very easy to let yourself get um, almost overwhelmed by that sort of slow progression. I'm not getting into like, well, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. feeling lost in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I think that's just absolutely incredible. But absolutely, like like you said, choose to be the crouching tiger or the height of the tiger that's ready to pounce. Not the, uh, I don't know, what another, like another analogy, but. <laughs> the, 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 the tiger that's sleeping. Yeah, there we go, yeah, that works. Unconscious. The tiger, exactly, perfect. Anyway, bro, I'm gonna wrap it up now. Thank you so much, bro. Like, you, you don't know how much this means to me, to, like the fact that you've actually allowed me to not even just interview, but come to your amazing, beautiful place. I mean, for those that actually see this on uh, YouTube, uh, you can, I'll give you a quick mini tour after this, but um, it's incredible. So tell everyone where they can find you, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And dude, I, I first want to acknowledge you, man, because as you shared this with me, your, your ability to be present and locked in conversation and make me feel important, like I'm valued. <laughs> um, yeah. I see something in you I don't see in many people, man. So thank you, man. Yeah, I do. Like, I'm, like this is thank when you. I say it's truly the pleasure's mine. Like this has been such an amazing interaction with you, dude. Thank you. Tears my, thank, thank you, man. That means a lot. Yeah. yeah. Truly. Um, and so, yeah. So where, where can they find you, man? Yeah. Pretty simple guys. You can, you can reach me at, uh, BrianDacosta.com is where uh, you can learn about what I do, my programs. I help uh, online fitness coaches grow their coaching businesses. Yeah, I've seen that. I awesome. work obviously in my main coaching fitness program. It's called the Sustainable Transformation Blueprint, where myself and my coaches help just everyday people that work nine to fives who are like, I don't fucking know what I need to do, but I've only got this amount of hours and I want to look like this. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll awesome. run with it. Yeah. So you can learn about that on my website and then social media. So just awesome. Brian DaCosta on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. And also um, you're into DJing as well. So please share quickly that. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. dude. Thank you for the plug. Of course. Yes. <laughs> I know you've got the Brian DaCosta radio now, is it? I do. Yeah, 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 Brian DaCosta, good. the music show. Yeah, I just it. dubbed it a music show. Yeah. Um, I'm on SoundCloud, guys. So if you want to jump on SoundCloud and just search Brian DaCosta, I release music mix is every single week just filled with hype jams that you can train to obviously I train to them in the gym and just they're just a lot of good music I, I really love music it's a passion of mine and it's going to be uh, an expanding part of my life so I appreciate awesome. that oh, of course man yeah no I love it all right well that's it for you um, for today guys okay remember to subscribe to this podcast 
And uh, you can find me on myself on Instagram as well, Headley Fitness, Facebook Headley Fitness. And remember to check out the YouTube video, guys, because I'm gonna you're gonna see is insane place. It's incredible. It blew me away just walking in here. So um, go check that out at Kieran Headley Fitness as well. Cheers, guys. Catch you later.